0: Between Bodies, Between Lands by Aiko Fukuchi. Major contributors to this piece include Christy Bieber, Michelle Martinez, Hong Guisak, Adila Didi Adi, and Piper Carter, who were all interviewed and are directly quoted in this piece. Their perspectives, work, and experiences contributed to the shaping of this piece. I would like to express a deep appreciation and gratitude to them for their generosity with their work Words, knowledge, and stories. So, where's home to you? The kind woman sitting next to me asks. We've been making small talk for the past 10 minutes, sitting next to each other in a small lobby at the mechanics with stale coffee and creaking chairs, waiting to get our cars fixed. I'm thinking about what it means to continue pouring paychecks into a machine that helps me function and keeps me safe while heating the earth and poisoning its lungs. Where's home? She asks again. Struggling to answer her question, I think back to those I'm in community with and the stories they've shared with me, which are not mine, but inform me building my own. I hear Michelle's words bounce between my ears.
1: I grew up in the Latinx diaspora, a culture defined by movement of people, language, class struggle, I grew up in the forest and in the city. I grew up in a feeling of fronteriza, the borderlands, and the struggle of belonging in no place. My family has moved and moved and moved for hundreds of years, either forcefully or willfully, severing social ties and spiritual homes. I call the Great Lakes and all of its waters my home.
0: Her words rumble into Didi's. I'm indigenous to West Africa, but my spiritual and cultural homes are every black library, community center, village, town, city, state, and country. And ring with pipers. Culturally, I see myself as Afro-indigenous. My heart is my home. Earth is my home. Everywhere I go is my home. I hear Christie's words. Wauwiatunong, Detroit, Michigan. I'm Anishinaabe, and my people are originally from Bawating, or Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, and Kanabajing, Serpent River First Nation in Ontario. Bounce off of Gwisaks. A complicated
1: question. Detroit is my chosen home.
0: I can almost see their voices both dancing with and pushing each other. Parts of their stories are of being separated, apart, and disconnected from home. This loss happens between bodies, between lands and waters, between food, between spirit, and between generations. But their stories also tell how home can happen between all of these spaces. I think of my car again, of what it means for this world, for the air, for our food, The stories I hear come from a community that exists in a place many have called Motor City for decades. These many celebrate a man and his vision, but don't talk about the racism in it. They honor his machines, but don't talk about what building them and using them does to our lungs and hearts and skies. A little while ago, I realized I'd lost count of the number of years it's been since I'd been aware of a space in my life I call home. At first, I felt indifference, then grief, then indifference again, until one morning I felt my heart ask, what does it mean to not have a home while we are killing the water, the soil, and the air that we stole? While families suffocate from breathing in the lies that neighborhood monsters exhale in the forms of fossil fuels, dioxin, and mercury? And what does it look like to resist these truths without knowing a place to call home? In Detroit, we hear climate and environment differently. Piper tells me, It is difficult to connect with nature when you are being surveilled while trying to enjoy the park or harassed while riding your bike, or monitored by police while trying to stroll along the river. She tells me stories of hepatitis A outbreaks and families having their children taken away, homes taken away, because they had their water taken away first. They crash into Christy's voice. A flare malfunction at the Marathon Oil Refinery. And we were all forced to take action, figuring out safety and next steps when we were all breathing toxic fumes. Climate change is a result of cultural difference in relating to the land as a consequence of colonialism and capitalism. At the same time, I hear Didi again. Catastrophic climate change will destroy land, foods, plants, and creations that are sacred. I fear losing parks, food gardens, community story circles, African soul halal food, and medicinal plants.
1: What makes sense for mainstream society is unconscionable brutality.
0: Spins Michelle's voice in my head. It's not
1: just about home damage. It's not just that our plants and crops will be damaged and that either of these things will be quantified as economic damage to correlate our lives' most basic worth. It is about our collective trauma of witnessing another possibility of home collapse and collapse again and collapse as they have before. But with the sense that this time it is collapse in perpetuity the collapse of life on Earth, and that there will be less and less possibility of survivance precipitously for each coming generation.
0: Miss, your car's all set. The mechanic walks into the room wiping oil on the dirty rag hanging from his belt loop. I feel a silence in my body that mirrors the one I hear moving into this planet in 50 years. I hold the silence in my stomach while I feel a light spark in my chest, hearing Piper again. This is the perfect time to build where there is opportunity. She tells me about elders and ancestors, what they gave to us, how they struggled for us. Guisek's words dig into my bones.
1: I think about Charity Hicks practically daily, and now Mama Lila Cabell whenever I turn on the tap. I collect grey water in the sink and shower and use it to flush toilets.
0: It's like prayer to me. I feel muscles in my body start to unclench. Where is home? The woman's voice echoes in an empty lobby. Their stories move in waves and whirlpools with each other. I feel them dance into my chest and take root while swimming out of my pores, running down my limbs, moving slow like sap from trees and dripping into soil to be pushed out into water that carries us, moves us, creates us, sustains us. Their words are nourishment. They leave us full and hungry. We are both grieving and relentless. Aiko Fukuchi is a writer and organizer living in Detroit, Michigan. They are passionate about environmental justice, building and maintaining community, and collaborative narrative building.